Live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel, it's Inside the Jets. Brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Welcome to Inside the Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. We will be joined tonight by Jets offensive lineman Dakota Dozier and a Washington State alum, yeah. Frankie Luvu, as well. So, E, I know you're pumped up about our latest show, but listen, to get out of the gate here, the Jets had everything going their way Sunday in Nashville. A 16-0 lead. A takeaway drought ended as Tremaine Johnson had a pick six in the first quarter. The Jets also had a fantastic game on special teams. A blocked punt, a blocked extra point, five field goals from, I think, uh, should be a pro bowler, be. Uh, Jason Myers. You better be. Uh, Andre Roberts had a long return. All those things happened. And the Jets held the Titans 0 of 10 on their first third down attempts. And still, the Titans took away a victory 26 to 22. It is the Jets' sixth consecutive loss. Oh, it's definitely frustrating. You know, and I know it's frustrating for the guys to play such a good game, you know, all the way down to the end. You know, they, they say you have to play four quarters, and that's for a reason. Uh, you know, you talked about early Tremaine Johnson making a big play for the defense. I thought the defense played fantastic for the, you know, the first three and a half quarters of the game. You know, at the end, they started giving up a couple of big plays. They had some self-inflicted wounds with the penalties, uh, and those really come back to bite you. You know, you, you can't play that kind of football and expect to win games. So uh, there's definitely some learning. Uh, to be done from this game, but also some positives. You know, I thought they, a lot of guys stepped up and played well. Uh, one of our guests, Frankie Luvu, you know, came out with a sack. Uh, Dakota Dozier came through and, and started, you know, last minute start. Played a great game. They rushed for over 150 yards. Right. You know, th this is a, a game that I think that a lot of people are going to be negative about, but there's still a lot of learning, uh, le a lot of lessons to be learned from this game. So I was in a post-game locker room last night, and let me tell you something. It was a, a boiling over feeling, but I don't think that has changed even 24 hours later. Let me read you this quote from head coach Todd Bowles today, who was on a conference call with reporters. It's one of those games you remember for the rest of your life as a player or a coach. You'll never forget about it. If it can propel you to be better at your job or it can make you go in a shell. It's the truth. It, it's the truth. You, it's one of those games where you look yourself in the mirror and either you're going to grow from it, you're going to learn from this experience, or you realize inside that you can't do it, which I don't think anyone in that locker room is going to do the latter. I, I think everyone's going to learn from this. They're going to take it on the chin and, and keep going because that's what you have to do. That's the, the reason why you're in the NFL. That's the reason you've got so far in your life is, is by accepting challenges, looking in the mirror, and growing from them. And I think that this Jets team will learn from this, these mistakes. It's a tough lesson to learn. You know, you had this game just wrapped up. You know, you, everything that you could ask for happened, except for the offensive score, offense scoring in the red zone. Zero everything three else in happened. 0-3 re in the red zone. Conversely, the Tennessee Titans, 3 of 5 in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Why can't this team close on offense or on defense? Todd Bowles said that 
in his post-game news conference. Yeah, you know, that, that's surprising for me on defense. Okay. You know, listen, they take so much pride in the way they, they approach the game. Everyone plays hard on defense. They get after the, the quarterback. They, they stop the run. Uh, and you always talk about those bend-but-don't-break defenses. Once you get down in the red zone, you lock it down. And, you know, I used to like playing red zone defense because everything is compressed. You don't have to worry about receivers running past you. You know, and you can play a different kind of game. So it's surprising that the Jets were, were giving up those runs to, to give up some touchdowns once they got down to the red zone. But on the other side of the ball, I, I think that you have to go with your identity. Who are you as an offense? Are you a running team? Are you physical? If you are, you have to do that in the red zone. You have to continue that. You know, you, you can't get exotic. You have to run the football, play off that with the play action passes, but ultimately stick to your game plan, do what got you down there, and you'll end up with some touchdowns. Inside the Jets is supported by selective insurance responses, everything. E, defensively, what changed in the second half? I thought the Jets were dominant mm -hmm. for much of that first half. They were controlling the line of scrimmage dictating things on their terms. Titans got a score at the end of that first half, and the Jets had a nine-point lead entering the fourth quarter. But what we saw late was Marcus Mariota was going up top, and you guys always say this as defensive backs. You cannot let the ball go over your heads. You can't. You can't let the ball get over your head. And, you know, I, I think that part of it was because the Titans started running the football. And once you start running the football, you know, the linebackers have to respect the run. They have to respect that play action. And it creates separation in the secondary. Uh, there, there were a couple of big plays at the end. I know the linebackers got sucked up on a couple. Uh, there, there was the zone coverage where a cornerback maybe should have stayed deep in his zone. Right. And, and, you know, you end up with big plays. But it's all about communication. It's all about talking through the plays before they happen. That's what happens with an experienced defense, especially in the secondary. You've got to talk everything out. When you take that field, what does the mentality have to be on defense when the Titans take over? you got a 22-19 lead, E, but you let them drive down the field, and there were three penalties on that drive, three costly ones. The play that sticks out to me is a Mariota scramble for 25 yards where he took a vicious hit from mm -hmm. Avery Williamson still was able to recover the football, and at the same time, earlier in the play, Tremaine Johnson gets called for a face mask penalty. That's 40 yards right there. Yeah, that, that one hurt. You know, and, and the, the first one hurt as well. You know, you have a third down situation. Uh, I believe we got a sack. Yep. They, they got a sack, and it gets called back for illegal hands to the face. Yep. You know, they, that, one, that dual, one hurt. Dual penalties yeah, in that because, play. Yeah, because the Jets come out with the, with the great mentality. You know, you're, you're up by three points. Right. You have to get off the field. They handle their business, get off the field on third down, and a penalty bites you in the butt, and they continue the drive. So, you know, those things will, will make you pay. You know, those are the things that keep the drive alive, and ultimately they ended up hurting the Jets. Offensively, like you mentioned, we got about 30 seconds here before uh, we get to a break, and we're going to bring a Dakota Dozier on. Uh, I was encouraged by the run game, and, and they got back to it, uh, it, more than 150 yards they amassed. But uh, what happens inside the 20? I got to give you about 20 seconds, then we'll get to you. We're going to get to more of this with Dakota. Mm -hmm. Oh, inside the 20, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think sometimes you overthink it. You yeah. Know, you overthink, and you get too exotic. You, don't, you go away from what got you down there. You know, I think running the football – you know, driving the ball down the field to Quincy, Robbie Anderson. Those are the ways that you're going to uh, win down there in the red zone. Chris Herndon as well. He's a big target down the middle of your field. All right. We're off and running here on Inside the Jets. We'll come right back. 
with Jets offensive lineman Dakota Dozier. Shotgun for Mariota, third down and four from his own 31. Jets show blitz, they've got no deep safeties. It is a zero blitz, here they come. And an interception, Tremaine Johnson picks it off. Runs right, this is gonna be a pick six. He's at the 10, five, inside the right pylon. That's a Jet touchdown. Welcome back to Inside Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. And now we are joined by offensive lineman Dakota Dozier. Dakota, so nice of you to come by tonight. Hey, glad I could be here. Uh -huh. Hey, so I'm looking over here. Out in the distance, and we have yeah. a beautiful young fan. Can you tell oh, yeah. us about your son, how yeah. old he is? What's his name? Yeah, uh, so Dakota Durandozier Jr. Uh, we're calling him Dak. Uh, he'll be three months old uh, the 13th of December, so he's born September 13th. Congratulations, um, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. It's our first, uh, so we're just learning how to be parents, uh, figuring it all out, having a good time with it. Can I, can I ask you this? <laughs> After you had your son, did it change the way you approach work? Absolutely. Uh, it just gave me another thing to go, go to work for. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love it. Uh, every day I wake up, I uh, kiss, uh, kiss my wife and Dak goodbye. Uh, it's just something to think about every day when I get in the building. You know, I, I got that, that extra thing to work for. How so. did you? He is adorable. I wish we could bring him on <laughs> camera right now. How did you just, uh, uh, decide on the nickname, Dak? So we were sitting down. It was a surprise. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl found out when he you know when he came out yeah uh and we had names picked out for for both but uh we said for a boy my initials are 3d and we said well if it's a boy we will do 3d and we just couldn't figure out three names and so he said well we know three names we like already so let's just use those and so junior uh, and then Dak was just because we're not gonna call him dakota because once he gets older hey this other saying dakota oh well, which one so <laughs> Dak it is so were you on board all the way as far as not finding out the All sex the of your baby? All the way. Man, yeah. I at first, do that. At first, uh, I wanted to know, and Haley didn't. And then we got a little further in, and we, we kind of we switched. And I said, nope, we're just deep in. We're going to let it be a surprise. Oh, wow. And I never did that. I had to find out every single child. <laughs> did, you, did you really? Yeah. The first, the first well, opportunity I got, I had to find out. Well, come on, E. Was it really your call? No. 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 <laughs> Whoa. Hey, is everybody all right out there? <laughs> I think the speakers just blew, but uh, we'll continue here. I think we're still, there. We go. Yeah. Back. We are back, and and uh, everybody, press pause just for a second. But uh, we're all good here. Uh, Dakota, uh, so what has the th past three months been like for you? Have you been getting the same sleep? Yeah, uh, early on, not quite as much. Uh, just trying to figure out a sleeping schedule, a feeding schedule. Uh, about three weeks ago, though, he started sleeping through the night. And that was glorious. Nice. So <laughs> got back to some normal sleeping habits. Um, but just um, loving work, getting back, you know, doing what I got to do to study my film and then just spending every moment I can with the, with the family. It's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. All right, let's talk about the positive first. You guys rushed for more than 150 yards against the Titans. Um, what do you point to as far as your production on the ground Sunday? You know, we uh, – for throughout the week, we had a game plan. We said we can we can get at these guys on the ground, uh, and so we, we let out a bunch of runs that we thought we could get uh, good push on, good movement on, find some holes, uh, and it worked. Um, it, it's great to be able to move the ball, um, but we got to figure out ways to, to move on so we get into that red zone as well. 
Hey, I, I want to back up to before you started the game. At, wh- <laughs> at what point did you find out that you were, were in fact starting? Uh, I found out about 20 minutes before kickoff. Um, okay. Had a couple things going on. Um, some some guys were down a little sick the night before, and then coach came up to me and said, hey, you're up. So um, just got to stay prepared. Uh, been in interior swing for my career here. Uh, so whenever something happens, you got to be ready to go. So did you have to go to your locker and have a, a little talk with yourself <laughs> before, before going out? Uh, before going out, I literally had enough time to text Haley starting period. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's all. Uh, and so um, got out there and just had fun with it. Jets Rewards members, don't forget to enter the code FLAG in your Jets Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. So Dakota... Had you ever experienced anything like that before as far as getting a call 20 minutes prior to kickoff? No. Um, every other time in college, high school, pros, I've known, you know, the whole week. Um, but uh, it's a pretty interesting experience. Uh, I, personally, I say I have to hand, I handled it as well as I could. Um, went out there and just gave them all and loved playing the game. Well, I was expecting maybe to see you out there in the field because Todd Bowles said during the week, yeah, Spencer Long did some good things at left guard. Of course, James Carpenter now on injury reserve for the rest of the season. But he did tell the media that you were in some packages during the week in addition to Brett and Qualley as well. Yeah, uh, we had a heavy package uh, ready for an extra line. I'm going to go on some formations. And so I was in for that, you know, still swinging around both guards and center, uh, and so uh, we're expecting that, but then things change. Got to be ready to go. <laughs> and you certainly were. How patient have you had to be this year? Because you played a lot more last year. So far this season, I think, active in four games. You've only right. played in two, and then you get to start yesterday. And not only do you go out and perform okay, I thought you played very well. You know, uh, that's just part of being a pro. Um, you got to come to work every day and just prepare like you're going to play the game. Uh, on Sunday, you know, there's seven guys that are inactive, and sometimes it's going to be you. Um, but then, again, there's going to be some Sundays where you play, and some Sundays you find out on Sunday that you're playing. Um, and so you can't take it for granted. you got to get in your book. you got to study your plays, review your film, know what your opponent's going to do because you never know when you, your name's going to be called. So, Dakota, you've been a, around this team for a long time now. How important is the leadership in the locker room when you have a loss like this where it's easy for guys to point fingers? It's big. Um, it can be very easy. You get to this point in the year, your record's not what, it, what you want it to be, and it's very easy for you to say, you know what, I'm going to stop watching that extra film. I'm going to stop putting that extra time in my playbook. And when you got guys in the locker room that say, no, we're going to be professionals and be men and approach work the same exact way no matter what's going on um, because there's still four games out in front of us, and we want to win every one of them. Uh, so if, if you, you, stop training, you start working hard now, it can get real ugly. What was it like inside the locker room for you as a player when you guys came in? Because the media is allowed 10 minutes after the game is over. Yeah. But last night in Nashville, there was a long wait. It might have exceeded <laughs> 10 minutes, and I think Todd Bowles might have had some choice words. And maybe you guys shared yeah. some choice words with each other. You know, uh, it, it's hard. That game, you're up 16 to nothing. Um, you expect to win this game. Uh, we run the ball well. You know, we had special teams playing great ball. Defense played well all night. Uh, and then you come back in the locker room after the game and, and you've lost. Um, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and, you know, Bo- Coach Bowles had some things to say. We had leaders saying things that needed to be said. 
Um, but it this this next month of the season, these last four games are really important to coaches, players, everybody in this organization to say, hey, it's it's not gone the way we want it, but we can still do something about it. So so can we talk a little bit about red zone? Yeah. You know, we weren't able to punch in any touchdowns. Uh, it's been an issue all season. What is it about the red zone that makes it difficult to, to get seven? You know, you get in the red zone, uh, defenses start changing some schemes, they have red zone packages they use, and just – we get a penalty here, or we get a, an overthrow there, or, you know, a, a wrong gap read there. You know, just things happen. Uh, we got to figure it out, you know. Mm -hmm. it, uh, there's no excuse for it, but we got to figure out a way to punch it in. Inside the Jets is presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Dakota Dozier joins us right now. How do you make sure this one doesn't carry over? This felt different to me. I know they're all important, all 16 games, and a lot of people externally will be like, ah, oh, the Jets got nothing to play for. They <laughs> lost five games in a row. God, I wish everybody had an opportunity like I did to go inside that locker room today, uh, yesterday in Nashville, and then it extended today, I think. Yeah. I, I heard the hurt in these guys' voices, including your head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, um, this, is, this is a tough one, but you can't take Sunday into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday because if you're still thinking about Tennessee on Wednesday, yeah. then the Bills got another leg up on you. You know, so we've got to say, all right, we should have won this one. We didn't. That's all there is to it. So we watched film today. We made some corrections, and so when we come back in on Tuesday and Wednesday and we'll move forward to Buffalo. How different was the message you got from Todd Bowles on Monday as opposed to Sunday? You know. Uh, some of the emotions were a little calmer, um, <laughs> but the words were really the same. Um, guys, we, we're here to play for something. Uh, and obviously, we've, we've got ourselves in a situation where it's not as, you know, the playoff pitcher isn't there, but we're still here to play for our jobs. We're still here to play for our families, for our fans, and so uh, we're going to keep working. So what is it like playing against a division rival? You know, you've already played each other not too long ago. You know the personnel. What is film study like going into that second matchup against a division foe? So uh, it's, it's been really cool to, as my career has gone on to, to know, you know, you're going to play your division, you know, twice. And so you get a good film study on the first time. And that second time you can really go back and nitpick every little thing. Uh, and I really just enjoy doing that because I can take my notes from the first time. Mm -hmm. I can look over again and I can watch every game they played since then and see what other adjustments they made, what other techniques the guys are using. Uh, so I think it's really important to, to keep those notes and know that they can help you going on for this next one. You guys are going into Buffalo this weekend to face a Bills team who came to MetLife Stadium and really put it on you, 41-10. to 10. How difficult is their defense, and what kind of challenges do they pose? You know, uh, they got a bunch of good players over there. Um, but I think one thing's for sure, we, we know they, they came into MetLife and they just they took it to us. Um, and so we are going to go in this week knowing, hey, they, they took one in our house. Let's go take one in their house. So let's give it to them. Now, Josh Allen's coming back. Is it a different challenge facing a guy like Josh Allen? I mean, listen, I, I know you're on offense, and you don't have to worry about that. But offensively, are you, are, are you focused on running the football to keep it out of a guy like that's hands? Because he can get streaky. Yeah. You know, um, he had a wonderful college career. It's been fun to watch him play some games in the league here uh, this year. Um, but any time. No matter what defense it is, no matter what offense it is, if we're on the field, the other team can't score. 
Uh, so if we can run the ball, we can manage the clock, we can find completions down the field, we can punch in drives and with touchdowns to the field goals, it's going to help our defense out tremendously. Dakota, what have your impressions been of rookie quarterback Sam Darnold? Started the first nine games of this 2018 season. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to play the last three games. Coming back from that strained right foot. You know, uh, came in and immediately uh, in OTAs, you just saw a guy that was special. Had a lot of talent, uh, quickly took in the playbook, was learning it very quickly. Uh, and then, you know, you get to know him some more. He starts taking command of the huddle. Uh, and then obviously he became our starting quarterback. And it's just been fun to watch him learn, fun yeah. to watch him grow. Uh, I just, I'm excited for his career. What's he like as a dude in that room, the, so <laughs> the SoCal guy? The SoCal guy. That is 100% uh, uh, how I describe him. Just chill, bro, um, and uh, I love to spend time with him. He's a good dude. Uh, what's it like for you as an offensive lineman with a guy like McCown? Because I'm thinking that Sam Darnold can learn a lot from just taking a step back over the last few weeks like he's had the opportunity to and just watch maybe the way Josh orchestrates a practice, orchestrates a huddle, goes right. through everything uh, on a game day even. You know, like I said, Sam's tremendously talented. But like you said, there's something that can be learned from watching somebody who's been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, I think that's something he's done these past few weeks, having to sit back and watch you know, Josh go out there and do it. Um, when Josh is in the huddle, you know he's done it. You know he's been in a lot of these situations. And so he just has that, that huddle command that comes with years and years of playing this game. Yes. Um, that's definitely something I think um, Sam can learn from. What changed for you this year when uh, the Jets brought in Rick Dennison, a new offensive line coach, and that zone blocking system? Well, how did it, how did it affect you individually as far as maybe your preparation is concerned? You no, know, um, uh, Rico's awesome. We love Coach Rick Dennison, um, and he brought in that zone scheme. And personally, I thought it played the, my my skills pretty well. Uh, and so he came in and kind of taught us, you know, these steps and these blockings and assignments. And I've, I've enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed the opportunity to get out there uh, yesterday and actually use it in the game. So. Why does it play to your skills, do you think? Why, yep. is, it, why is it a good match? Uh, I feel like I'm able to, to take those zone steps, get my hat in front of guys, uh, and just drive. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, that's just how I feel I can play best. So, so does that mean you're an athlete and you can get out and run and you can move <laughs> laterally and get your hand? You, 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 you said the words, so okay. we'll, we'll go with it. Um, what can you tell us about James Carpenter? We mentioned him before because he had never missed a game since he signed here after coming over from Seattle, a big free agent signing back in the day. And he's not a guy who talks too much publicly, <laughs> but he is a team captain, and I know he's one of the most well-respected guys in your room. Absolutely. Uh, I love Carp. Uh, so he's been here since my second year. Uh, and just over those four years, we've really grown close together. You know, I've, I've backed up left guard for most of that time. Uh, and so every day we're talking to each other. Our lockers, there's two guys between us, so we can talk all the time. And one thing we tell each other every day before we go out to practice, all right, we're going to get better today. We're going to get better today. Um, and it's just been, it's been awesome to have him as a teammate. Uh, he he texted me after the game and just said he was so happy for me to get out there and play. Um, obviously, losing him hurts, hurt the team a little bit, but um, it's been really good that he has been part of this team. Guys look up to him. They see how hard he works. They see the way he comes to practice every day, uh, and I think it's definitely helped us. Dakota, uh, Dakota, can you believe it's year five already? It's crazy. Um, I, I, I was talking with uh, Haley a little earlier in the night, and it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's been a blessing to do this for as long as we have, uh, and it's flown by. And uh, especially with little men now, 
Probably these last three months have really gone fast. All right, Christmas is on the way. Yes, it is. And you have a lot to be thankful for. <laughs> Your beautiful family over here. What are you going to get back for Christmas? Yeah, I, I, I don't, he's, watch, he's watching you <laughs> right now, but maybe you can say it. Maybe you know, yeah, uh, got a couple thoughts on this? Got a couple things. You know, yeah. he's, he's really enjoying his little toys. He can lay on his mat. We got him on the ground and, and reach up and grab some things. So maybe a couple Christmas-themed you know, toys he can reach for. He's, got, uh, he's already got some outfits. I'll tell you what, between his mom and his grandma, he is one well-clothed baby. <laughs> you going to let him help you uh, decorate the tree this year? You know, we'll see what we can do. See yeah. Let's uh, even grab some lights and put them up there. Okay, yeah. uh, we got about 30 seconds, uh, Dakota. What is the environment like in Buffalo? You've been to a lot of places in the yes. National Football League. Um, they, they have some really rowdy fans. <laughs> they really do. Um, Bill's Mafia is just crazy. Um, but honestly, for me, uh, anytime I've gone on the road, whether it's college or pros, I love when a stadium can get loud, when they get after it. And there's nothing better than putting points on the board and shutting them up. All right. Well, uh, congratulations to you and your wife, Haley. And, of, of course, thanks so much to Dak for coming out tonight. And, and you, congrats on staying the course, man, because it paid off yesterday. Good things are ahead for you. Uh, Dakota, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We'll be, we'll be right back on Inside the Jets with Jets outside linebacker Frankie Louvu. And again, Tennessee has to punt the ball away. Turn has the punt blocked. The Jets get in the backfield and block the punt. They're after it at about the 19-yard line. KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, EC linebacker, a special teams player for the Jets, makes an impact on special teams. He's got the football, and the Jets are set up in the red zone. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream inside the Jets live through the Jets app. Presented by M&T Bank. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. Okay, Eric Coleman, why don't you introduce our next guest? All right, our <laughs> next guest, former Washington State Cougar, a rookie Ooh. outside linebacker who is balling this year, Frankie Louvu. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, thanks for having me. This, oh, yeah. this is the Wazoo show, the Wazoo portion the of the show. <laughs> there we go. So, so I want to I ask you the first question. What was it like coming from American Samoa, going, going and playing at Washington State University? What was that transition like for you? And then secondly, what was it like coming to the great state of New York after that? Oh, uh, man. Coming from the islands, it was the transition and everything, uh, the adjustments. You know, in Samoa, you only drive 25 miles per hour, no freeways, you know. And life is smooth out there. <laughs> a lot of chores and making that move. Uh, I was blessed enough. Coach Joe Slava recruited me, went to Washington State. And, uh, and that's when I seen, like, freeways. My first time, you know, my first time leaving the island was when I was 17 years old. Wow. And so I was there. I played there for four years. And, man, Coach Joe was a huge part of my, uh, my career and, and the way he recruited all the poly pipeline. And uh, just being there in Washington State, it was a small town, similar to Samoa. Everybody knew everybody, you know, uh, and a cool family, you know. They were very supportive uh, throughout my whole four years there. And I was lucky enough, man, coming here in New York, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, from the <laughs> islands to Washington State and now all the way up to the other end of uh, the state, man. I'm just blessed, man. How, how has it been living in New York? Oh, New York. 
Uh, I don't. I usually go to in the city, you know, uh, on the weekends and now. But uh, overall, my experience has been uh, great. Uh, Frankie, how would you describe the American Samoa for somebody who hasn't been there? Man, it's it's hard work. You know, yeah. where you come from, it's uh, hard work coming from the islands, man. That's all you do is work, work, work. And uh, sometimes you miss breakfast. Sometimes you miss lunch. But, you know, you might just eat dinner for to cover all of that. And it's uh, coming from my family and my background, man, it's hard work, you know. Did that start early for you? Oh, did, yeah. As a child, what kind of work did you get into? Man, I did a lot of plantation. Uh, we do this uh, special event uh, for a high chief come through. And uh, we have a pig. We do it underground. And uh, we cook that. And the, and the preparation of that, we do it uh, before Sunday. So Saturday afternoon, we'll go up to the plantation, you know, get get everything we need to do, like breadfruit, taro, all the plantation, bring them down. And then uh, Saturday morning around 5 a.m., we do everything, and then we'll go to church, come back, and they'll be ready for an hour for church, come back, and the food will be ready. And then uh, we'll eat, and then afternoon service Sunday and come back. So, nice. So, so. so per capita, uh, for, for American Samoa and Tonga as well, yeah. There are a ton of professional athletes that come out of there. Is it that work ethic you think that, that that puts that competitive nature into the players that come out of that area? Oh, yeah. It, it puts a lot on us, uh, especially uh, Polynesian players. Uh, uh, one dude I looked at coming up was, uh, you know, Isaac Sopoanga, Ray Maulunga, and all of them. And uh, I just seen how they work, and uh, it, it, it motivated me and also the kids from Samoa. Frankie, what were your expectations when you signed with the Jets as an undrafted free agent because not a lot of guys in this league end up making it, but you did. And uh, it was... Taking that route. Yeah, taking that route, I mean, KG, uh, Coach KG, Kevin Green, he yep. called me, and the uh, first thing he said, you trust the technique and fundamentals, I'm teach you, kid, and you're going to see, see in the field. So the first day I stepped on from the field, man, I just came to work, put my head down, just be humble, man, and... And, and uh, lead on to whatever they have for me, a job, whatever I got to do. You got sack number two yep. of your professional career against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, can you take me through the play? Man, it was a little stunt call we had. Uh, it was a three, a four-man rush, uh, and they used me, one of uh, the, the speed guys, to make all the calls and everything. So I made, you know, I made one of the calls. It was me and Jordan. We did a little twist game. And I sell it really good. Sixty, one of their alignments. He watched on film. Once someone he's locked on someone, he'll stay on you. And so when I caught, when I was locked onto him, I seen Jordan just my peripheral vision just crossed him, and I just just took that that outside move and ended up with the sack. What, what was that like playing against Marcus Mariota, a Polynesian athlete, comes yeah. from Hawaii, and, and you get to play against him for the first time? He's a legend in Hawaii now, mm -hmm. and you get a sack on him. What does that mean for you? Man, it was fun, man. After that sack, <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, should I help him up or should I, just, <laughs> or should I just go celebrate, man? But after the game, man, I went up to him and uh, I said, good game, Moose. You know, I look up to you and all the islands of people, some more look up to you. What's clicking for you right now, Frankie? Because you're getting more and more opportunities. We study the snap counts each week, and you look at the plays. They're putting you more on the football field right now. I know, man. I'm just trying to, you know, do the best I can to make this team win. Uh, and, that, and that's uh, putting me on the field. I'm, I'm doing my best uh, on each and every play, uh, trying to get, you know, 
to do something, make something happen, make a play, you know. And uh, also trying to be a leader out there uh, by by doing uh, by my actions. And I'm not a vocal dude, but I just lead by my example. I hit somebody hard, and hopefully somebody next to me feel that, you know. So, where does that motor come from? Uh, did you always have that growing up? And maybe where did you get that work ethic? Because if you watch number 50 on the football field, you're always flying. Uh, I think it was my dad. He played rugby. Yeah. For uh, the Fijians, uh, and that time it was the Flying Fijians, <laughs> and he was part of that uh, the rugby team uh, in Fiji, and uh, I think I just get it from him, all his athletic ability and everything, man. I just fly to the ball and just have that motor, you know, just don't stop, you know, just keep going. Yeah. Can you talk about your, your your outside linebacker room? You know, Jordan Jenkins. You know, I follow you on social media, so I see that yeah. you guys are all very close. You know, do a lot of dinners together. Oh, yeah. oh, Can you yeah. talk about how the older players have helped you develop? They helped me a lot. Uh, Colt, Brandon Copeland, uh, Jordan Jenkins, and uh, Josh Martin. Uh, they all helped me, man. They're all good people. Uh, we have uh, our dinners every Thursday, and we're the only group that, that kind of does that. And we do that just to, to build our relationship, break that break bread, sit down, and, and, and uh, talk about football, talk about life, and, and uh, you know, just have a good time. And I think that transition over to the football field, how we, our connection, our communication as both outside backers are, are on point. And, uh, you mentioned KG before. Yeah. What did you know about Kevin Green, maybe even going back to growing up? Because in terms of your position, as you know now, Kevin Green has more sacks than anybody who's ever played outside linebacker and obviously an NFL Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Kevin Green, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first time I, I didn't know Kevin Green, to be honest, when he gave me that phone call, I didn't know who he, like, he just, just called me. But then once I started looking him up, I'm like, man, this dude is running through people. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to play for that coach. So, you know, man, Kevin Green, he's a good coach. Uh, be straightforward with you, man. Uh, and, man, I love love KG, man, as a coach, as, as, a, as a dad, you know. As a, as a former player, yeah. So, at Washington State, you played a lot of interior defensive line. Uh, in, in the All-Star game, I, I got, got a chance to work with you at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. You played some stand-up linebacker. Yeah. What was that transition like for you, and how did that game help you as a player? Uh, it, didn't, it wasn't that hard for me because my junior year, I played a little bit of inside backer, wheel backer, and me off the ball – it came all, everything else just just came together. Mm -hmm. uh, I started to know what the middle linebackers are doing when this play or what formation comes out or personnel. And me moving out to my outside backer, it, everything just, I knew what was going to happen. I knew where the inside backers were going to be, you know, where my help is or inside and out. So. What were your expectations coming in? And we got about a minute left with you, Frankie. What do you want to do over these last four games as you guys enter the fourth and final quarter of the 2018 season? Just stacking up some sacks. Just uh, keep hunting the quarterback. Uh, and what I, what I show on film, that's my resume right there. And uh, I'm just here to help the team win, man, in any way. In any way I could. I'm on that field, man. And uh, I'm just blessed around coaches, this whole facility, this whole business organization, you guys. And, uh, man, I can't wait just to finish strong.
and uh, trying to stay healthy. Keep it up, man. You're, you're representing your family, yourself, Washington State, and, and the Jets very well with the way that you play. Yeah, Keep up that attitude, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate and we've got about 30 seconds. Give me a little preview of Buffalo. I know it's real early in the week yeah. right now, but, uh, you know, they came in here, and we talked to Dakota about it. I know they made a statement. I'm sure you guys want to go back there and, you know, make a statement of your own. Oh, yeah, we're going to regroup, uh, come together as a team, and uh, – and study, we need to study and make the corrections we did from the past game and uh, just go forward and, and put our best foot forward on this game. As Eric said, keep up the great work. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Inside the Jets, and we'll be right back. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. We've heard from Dakota Dozier tonight and also Frankie Luvu, both very impressive men and guys who, when they've been given their opportunity lately, they're taking advantage of it, Eric. Yeah, you, you love to see that. You know, guys who don't take it for granted, who, who bust their butt in the film room, who are ready when called upon. Those are true professionals, and no matter how young they are, no matter how much experience they have, you know when they get out there on the field, they're going to give it their all, and they're not going to beat themselves. And, and the thing about Dozier is he could have put his head down because he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. on the field this season. Only four times active, twice he's actually played in a game, 20 minutes before kickoff. Hey, tapped on the shoulder. you got to be ready. That's and, impressive. And, and he was ready. Yeah, he was ready, and he did a great job, you know, playing against a, a very good defensive line. Casey, one of the better defensive tackles in the game. You didn't hear his number called that much. Yeah. You know, yes, he, you know, he did make his plays here and there, but Dozier was ready. He's a consummate pro, and, and it shows. You know, you, you don't suit up a game. You don't know if you're playing. But when your number's called, you're ready. That's not easy. What do you think about Louisville, what he brings to the table? And that motor, that athleticism, also is a guy not only can help you maybe defensively, which he's showing now, but he also fits the mold of a very good special teams player for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you always hear people talk about the motor. You know, he, he's a guy that from the, the time he walks in between those lines, he's going full speed. And it hurt him a little bit in the preseason. He didn't know when to, you know, to dial it back, got fined a couple of times. Yeah. But I'd rather have a dog that you have to tell to, to – you have to hold back rather than one you have to tell go get him. And, and Frankie is that guy who, who, who goes. He's a constant goer, um, great player. You know, I, I think he was underlooked because – he played interior lineman at Washington State. Right. He moved around quite a bit. He never really had a home because he's so athletic and versatile that he didn't have a defined position. And took Kevin Green watching the film and saying, listen, I could do something with this guy. Do you take a little extra pride in seeing a guy from Washington State not only play well in the National Football League but represent him, uh, represent him uh, himself in the school and his family so well? Absolutely. You know, I, I love seeing guys from Washington State because for most of us, it doesn't really – it's not given to us. You know, a lot of it uh, – you know, Frankie is a free agent. I was a late-round pick. You know, guys have to earn it. You know, and Frankie is a guy who earned it. He was not given a spot. He, he busted his butt. He started the season on practice squad, was activated on Saturday, uh, came out this season and has been playing his butt off and really earned his, uh, his right to be a part of this team, become a leader of the team no matter how old he is. So it, it's always great to see a guy like that who's humble, hungry, and, uh, and is playing well on the And field. this is what – the late season games for the Jets are all about. 
it's seeing these young guys develop like a Frankie Louvu and seeing how he could potentially help you out in 2019. Yeah, you know, especially when the season isn't going as well as, as you would like it to go, that's when you start looking towards the future. And guys like Frankie are, are your future. You know, you, you have a lot of, a ton of young talent on this team that can produce. You know, just because they're young doesn't mean that they can't gain that experience and, and help your team. And it's showing right now on the field. All right, well, I wasn't going to get sarcastic with Frankie up here, but I can with you. What's going on with the Apple Cup, man? Oh, Washington man. State is never winning that game. This was... This was this was a great opportunity for you. And again, the Washington Huskies just came in to your own home mm. and they put it on you. It, it, it's something about that game. You know, I, listen, I played in four Apple Cups at Washington State. You know, at, at one time we were ranked third in the country. Yeah. Washington was like six and five and they still beat us. Huh. And you know, it's something about that game. Uh, this, this, this year, we have Gardner Minshew, who is a, a great passer. I like his mustache. Passes, great mustache yes. as well. And everything was stacked against us. We were playing at home, but it was snowing. Guys couldn't run routes. And we played against the University of Washington, a big physical team who, who dominated the line of scrimmage. I turned that game on because I appreciated it because I thought that was football. That was a snow game. Yeah. Uh, and that was going against Oklahoma and West Virginia. And I don't think anybody oh stopped each other that game. game. That was a basketball okay, game. Okay, so let's get it back to the Jets. Uh, Jets fans, 2019 season tickets are on sale now. Place a deposit today to secure the lowest pricing for 2019. For more information, visit NewYorkJets.com slash season tickets or call 1-800-469-JETS. What do you want to see from this team over the final quarter of games here, man? Six-game losing streak right now. Um, they could feel sorry for themselves. They did not give up against the Titans. You don't give out participation trophies in the mm -hmm. National Football League, though, as close as it seemed. And as the guys saying, have continually said, we gave the game away. You still got to get past that threshold. You got to get over that. Yeah, th this last four games, I, I want to see the team finish. You know, there's a, a great quote that a lot of coaches will tell you. Don't confuse effort with results. Yeah. It's one thing to go out there and work hard and not give up. Uh, but it's another to, to have some results, to win, to, to win your one-on-one -on -one matchups, to finish in the red zone, to get stops and get turnovers and win the games. I, I think that this team is, has the ability to win games. I think they need to go out there and prove it and, and lay it all on the line. Go out there, trick plays, whatever it takes. Go out there and win some games this last, four quarter, last okay. quarter. Okay, so it is week 13. Well, yesterday's game against the Titans was week 13. So week 14, Buffalo Bills. Darnold hasn't played in three games now. Todd Bowles said he could have played Sunday, but he didn't want to put him out there because he had not received a lot of reps in practice, limited all last week. What do you think? What are your expectations right now? Do we see Sam Darnold on Sunday in Buffalo? I, I think I think we do. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I think that uh, he, he may be on a short leash, you know, not you know, not being 100%, but I think that he'll go out there and play, and I think he'll play well. You know, getting those reps this week is going to be vital. You know, he, he does have familiarity with Buffalo's defense, having played them a couple of weeks ago. Well, that so, was that was uh, McCown? That was, the, that was McCown. Yeah, that was McCown's right first that. start. Yeah, so, so hopefully he does play, because Buffalo's a great defense. He can learn a lot from playing against them, and uh, the, his presence is missed in that huddle. Yeah, that'd be a good road environment for him to experience. What do you think about the future of the division 
I know we talk about it for years. We've talked about it for years. Somebody's got to knock New England off mm -hmm. that perch. But I like both of these young quarterbacks, not only in Sam Darnold, but Josh Allen as well. So I think both of these teams have a future that they should be looking forward to. Yeah, this division is only going to get better as the years go by. You know, you mentioned Josh Allen being a quarterback with a lot of potential. Wait till he, they put the pieces around him. I think he's going to be a, a phenomenal player. Obviously, Sam Darnold has shown that he can be a great quarterback, and I think that he's going to be one of the, the most prolific passers in the game as he ages, as he gets older, as they get weapons around him, as, his, as he gets more experience. So I'm, I'm really excited for the future of this division, and I'm more excited for Tom Brady to retire. <laughs> I'm tired of him. E, how are they different in terms of – Darnold and Allen, and, and what about some of the similarities to see? And we got about 45 seconds. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the, the way that they're different is I think Darnold moves around a little bit better. You know, he, he's younger. In, inside the pocket, Inside you're the saying? pocket and outside the pocket. He throws great on the run. Okay. Um, you know, McCown does a great job of he's accurate. You know, he, he can throw on the run. He anticipates throws. And these are all things that come with experience. I think all the, all the great qualities in McCown that he has, Sam will get those as he gets experience. And, and uh, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold might be facing off against each other for the first time in their careers. They could be leading their respective organizations for 10 to 15 years down the line. E, this hour goes quickly every week. We appreciate everybody coming out tonight, and we'll see you next week on Inside the Jets.